I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another round of No Small Questions, everybody. I'm just here enjoying some delicious rolls. Uh, they are not cinnamon-flavored rolls. They are, in fact, question-flavored rolls. And I'm about to share them with you. And sharing these question-flavored rolls with me right now is the incredible dungeon master behind all of this, David Knight. Hello. Oh my god! I'm and, proud. Oh my god! Yeah, there, I'm. I'm back. currently. Uh, I currently have us hooked up to a full. Uh, we are hooked up to no small role stadium. Uh, the the nice. fans are going wild right now. Uh, and also seated here at the rolls table with the pair of us is the incredible Grace Kelly Miller. <sighs> Oh, thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm enjoying these delicious question rolls. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much uh, to the denizens of the No Small Rolls Patreon and I, I guess Instagram and also Discord uh, for providing these questions, uh, these question rolls for us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and find, oh, this one's already been marked. This one is from Ashley, and this is to be shared among both of you. Let me just slice this open. Thank you so much, Ashley. Uh, if <laughs> you could spend the day as one of the NPCs, who would you pick and why? And we will start with you, David. Uh, as one of the NPCs? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's going to have to be one of the Arcanists, because I would love to have some magic at my fingertips in real life. Um, mm. Oh, but which one? Because I feel like I don't really want to be Clay. He is a tad <laughs> creepy. Uh, Zerevere is a little bit too dull for me. She's very, she's very focused on what she's doing. Um, mm -hmm. And most of the others that the the, the players have met are, are evil. I was so, about to say, what have about the met one in the nice? spoon contest? <laughs> oh, Bello. Yeah, I'll be Bello yeah, Cupdown. Yeah, Bello Cupdown. Hey. Yeah, he's nice. He's just chilling out. He's helping people doing spoons challenges. Uh, yeah, I'll be yeah. Bello Cupdown for the day. Plus also, awesome. we don't know much about him, so I don't know what he does in his life. That's true. Uh, <laughs> we, this will be a good. This is a good opportunity for you to find out without having to write it yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go full uh, immersive experience with it and, <laughs> exactly. and discover as I explore. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Grace, uh, for your half of the role, which of the NPCs would you like to be? Oh gosh, I mean, I should have been for a single thinking, day. I was thinking about it the whole time. For a single day, um, I think 
do you know what? I think I'd quite like to be Iris because Ooh. I just think it'd be quite nice. You know, you got your brewery back, you're getting involved with everything going on. And he's just, you know, he's just nice. And he's just, I'll just be there, you know, hub, hub of the community, serving mm-hmm. people drinks. It'd be a good time. Yeah, just a pleasant. Yeah. I think in both cases you have. In one case you have a very powerful person. In the other case you have just a just a regular old Joe, uh, just living a happy old life. In both cases, yeah. just peaceful times. He got all his brewery equipment back. It's happily ever after for Iris, right? Yeah, right, David. Yeah, David, right? Yeah. The yeah. only times we will ever see Iris is when there are announcements in the paper about how happy they are. Right? <laughs> exactly. David? Yeah. That's, That's it. Definitely it made national news. news. <laughs> How happy Iris is being. And nothing disastrous is happening. <laughs> Local baker, uh, un- unacceptable levels of happy. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for that role, that question role, Ashley. We are going to move on to Alice Correr's or Correr's. Uh, side note, Correr is the Spanish word for to run. Uh, thank you, Alice. This, this question role is for Grace. I'll slide this over to you. Okay. Which which of your spin-off characters would you most like to hang out with? Uh would you most rather would you most like to hang out with Gwen and the rest of the lads? Ooh. Okay. Um well, Ray Maestani is a bit mardy, so I don't <laughs> think she'd get on with people very well. She is a pain in the ass. Um so I'd probably say no to Ray. Um hmm. Who else have I got? I've got Spud and... You have your character from the Dwayne Fabulosa. Yeah, uh, Triff. Of course I do, Triffany yeah. Fid. Oh, yeah. Triffany's a special one, isn't she? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like her and, and uh, Oren would get along really well. I think they would, oh, actually. Yeah. You, you want to get Tri- Triffid, uh, Alfie, and Oren all together and just have them being just nerding out together i think that would be very yeah. fun i can definitely see that i'm not sure whether triff would necessarily appeal to gwendolyn as much i think spud <laughs> is maybe going to be like Gwen- more gwendolyn's vibe like okay kind of a bit rough and wants to spar and stuff mm-hmm. um and also i love spud and i want more spud i also am really excited about my upcoming uh spin-off character um but i Ooh. think maybe he uh I-, I can let you know that he's called gary <gasps> that's all I'll let you know. Uh, Ga- Gary uh, maybe is a bit too old for Gwendolyn to in- want to hang out with him, maybe. Oh. But um, Gwendolyn, that, actually that Wait, Gwendolyn hangs out with Juna. So that- oh, yeah. <laughs> how old is this guy? <laughs> he's definitely not even, he's not even really actually old. I think I'm just being a dickhead. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to go with Spud. I think Spud's the one. That, all right. Uh, Gwen would like, yeah, and I and I think Spud, I think Spud would is is a bit of a stray, and I think they'd be taking taken in quite nicely by the Aww. gang. So mm. I think they'd like Spud, hopefully. If anything were to happen to Gwendolyn, would you bring Spud in as a? Oh, don't even think <laughs> about that. <laughs> don't play that no, game. Yeah, don't play that game. I can't. I can't. I don't think I could handle that. Oh. But... Oh, I'm really, yeah, that. now I'm intrigued. I'm like, ooh, are there plans in place in case things go horribly wrong? Maybe. There's a character from a home game that I would potentially take inspiration from, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he would go well in this campaign, but... Mm. Yeah. We'll just keep Gwendolyn keep alive. Please. In the meantime, yeah, okay. Uh, 
Uh, that scares well, me so much. <laughs> I, I guess we didn't highlight it enough. Uh, there is, uh, we just got an exclusive reveal of your character name from the upcoming from the upcoming miniseries. Uh, yes. Stay tuned for Gary, folks. Yeah, the elderly Gary, <laughs> the gruesome adventures <laughs> of Gary, the gruesome adventures of Gary. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, he's 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 not that old, and I do apologize uh, to anyone listening who's just like that is not old. <laughs> He's like 31. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, our next question is from Chris Watts. Thank you so much for Chris. Chris Watts, Aww. for your question. For both of you, this is a question roll that I'm once again dividing down the middle and sliding half to each of you. What are you reading at the moment? Have any literary characters ever influenced you in D&D? We'll start with you, Baby David. Oh, um, I'm, I feel like I'm reading. I, I've got a really bad habit of like reading bits of books all the time. Um, so I'm reading um, Moon Over Soho, which is part of the Rivers of London series. It's the second one in, in I don't even know how many books there are in that, um, which is lots of fun. It's what's it's kind of all about. A, a, it's like a police procedural type books, but about a magician policeman. Uh, and so in yeah so in this one it's like, like a paranormal like, police officer yeah or like in contemporary london and basically at the moment he's sort of hunting some kind of spirit or ghost or supernatural thing that is killing off jazz musicians uh by exploding their heads i think that's right if i'm remembering Whoa. It yeah wow. and it's very it's very cool um it the sounds first very cool brilliant uh rivers of london if you ever get the chance to to read that like highly recommend um so reading that, I'm reading a little bit of Lovecraft. Um, I thought I'd download the uh, the old Necronomicon omnibus complete collection right. and just start dipping my toes into that. I'm going to be honest, I'm not enjoying Lovecraft all that much. Mm. He, I just read... Um, Racism? Um, I mean, that for a start. <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay, he's just going there. Um, the... Um, Mountains of Madness. I just finished reading that, and mm -hmm. it's it just reads a lot like <laughs> just just a documentary account of of an expedition. And I'm like, <laughs> this, I I know this is gonna get good, and this is gonna get like people like this is like a staple. And it, by the time it got to the fun stuff, I was so bored. <laughs> I was so bored of it. Um, so that um, I'm reading a, a tasty little draft of something called The Night Jar. Um, which uh, very privileged to be able to, to to read a bit of that, and that is very exciting. I might take some of the ideas from that. Um, mm. <laughs> no, can you can you share any details about what the night jar is about? Uh, no, I won't go. Okay. I won't go into it. Uh, but no, it's it's fun. It's a fun. It's it's a really really well written. But yeah, no, it's that's a very it's a very fantasy written. Uh, book so it's really cool to be able to to look at that and go okay actually some of this makes more sense in in our world um but yeah anyway so lots of lots of things lots of little bits on oh, a bit of sense and sensibility at the moment oh that's fun yeah. um so have so i guess in answer to the second question you have literary characters have influenced you but in small little bits and pieces yeah i'd say so yeah that they um yeah, there might be like a like a an off the cuff comment or something in the book or whatever that I'm reading that then spirals a whole load of thoughts that right. I, I can then bring in rather than necessarily lifting something verbatim from it. Okay, that's definitely where I lean more. Uh, well, Grace, same question. Well, same questions. 
I mean, I have been rubbish at reading for quite a while. I'm, I've, I've been slowly working my way through the Etymologicon, which is a kind of Ooh. lovely little um, book that weaves its way through the origins of lots of words and how they've developed and stuff like that. It's a really nice little book. Um, mm. I have got the Legend of Kyoshi sat next to my bed waiting to be read uh, because I do love a bit of the old Avatar and I need to read it so it is oh yeah Avatar Kyoshi I just realised yeah Avatar Kyoshi so uh, I really do need to read it and I've heard it is (laughs) Daryl wants to borrow it after yes (laughs) Um, I really uh, yeah I need to read it I've heard it's a really good read and um, really like good queer representation and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. you know that's going to appeal um but I am also reading Sense and Sensibility because we have to, <laughs> because David is doing the music and me and Daryl are in it and Vicky is producing. So that is definitely very much on my reading list. I would say, though, in, in the realms of Austin, um, it was Lydia Bennett that very much inspired my kind of starting origins of um, Gwendolyn. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted this kind of flighty, like I didn't want her kind of Austin heroine, heron, but not to actually be the heroine because Lydia is not the heroine. She's just like a flighty, silly girl. Um, right. And I wanted to see how that type of person might, you know, exist in this world. And, you know, uh, 72 episodes later, starting to see. <laughs> yeah, we're finally starting to see. I maybe did pad her out a little bit beyond Lydia Bennett. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Lydia Bennett in orc form. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a little bit of a follow-up. If I, I cannot remember the name of it, but the uh the the Jane Austen themed expansion to 5E that they used for like a crown of uh a court of fey and flowers. Oh, yeah. uh, and I think a lot of different uh, actual plays have started to use recently. If you had known about that at the time, would you have ever tried to like implement anything from that? And I guess are have have you ever considered like a, a Gwendolyn sides like a prequel maybe using that particular system? I mean, I have certainly been having a think about it. I would I would love to Jeremy do the meeting of uh, Gwendolyn and Dwayne. I'd love Ooh. to play out that run up to the the mm-hmm. um, running away from the wedding. I think that could be a really interesting, like, even though we kind of know how it's going to end, it'd be interesting to see how it went. But or mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I think some sort of like Gwendolyn back in Pryden or running something in Carth um, mm-hmm. would be really cool. And I think if I were going to go the um more DM or GME route, that would be a good one for me to do. I just, as we were just thinking, I was like, oh, we really need to edit the spin off that I GM'd. Yes. <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> That's where my friend suddenly went, oh, yeah, we've just talked about spin offs. I'm like, oh, yeah, have a whole uh, little adventure that we did. Um, that was uh, a familiar problem. There you go. Little uh, teaser there for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that would be very cool. I think I'd like it. And I think, especially about to immerse ourselves in Austin for the next couple of months. Um, I think it would be silly not to. Yeah, I think very that. strongly in that vein. Yeah. I'd really like if we were to do the Gwendolyn and Dwayne meeting and that run up, almost have everybody be other characters. Um, yeah. Like the two of you included and that like we're just seeing this romance like play out. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. from like the sidelines almost. Yeah, yeah. And we're all telling like rumors about it and like <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. Yeah, yes, that would be great. That would be really fun. That's a good idea, David. <laughs> and get to see you would have to you would have to play uh Gwendolyn and and Dwayne and we would just <laughs> be watching. Me <laughs> <laughs> really trying to live both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. I'll just give you some bits of script to read out, Jeremy, and be like, right, yes. this is Dwayne's part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ha- on to our next question here. We have a question here from Ross Meekle. Thank you so much, Ross Meekle, Rhymes with Treacle, uh, for your question. This is, again, for both of you, sliding that role to both of you. Which of the Fate Marked Five has been on the biggest character development journey? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. It is. I'm thinking about it right now, and I think I have like two answers, maybe mm. three, but I have two answers in my head. I mean, but I'm it, this question get, is I, not for me, so I'm like just thinking Ki- about it. And Kidu's been through a pretty big change. Uh, mm-hmm. But has he changed? <laughs> but has he, ch- like, has his personality, well, he has opened up a lot more, I'd say. He has, he has. He's very much become more embedded in the, in the party um, mm-hmm. and like reliant on them. And like, I th- yeah, this is me just speaking from like, dm outside chair perspective he he seems to consider everybody else in the party as much of a family as all of the voices that he has inside of him at this point i still mm. don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> just wait until the sequel where all of you are playing characters inside of Inkeep. Oh yeah that is another spin-off i'd love to be like i think it'd be great yeah. i want to listen to that one uh gwendolyn gwendolyn's grown quite a lot mm-hmm that was going to be my I, Gwendolyn and Enkidu were my yeah. two uh, that I was thinking yeah. that, that seemed to have changed the most from their origins. Mm-hmm. I I have to agree with that, and I definitely like. I mean, that was part of it was a conscious decision. I wanted a character to create a character that could grow. Mm-hmm. Um, what direction she was going to grow in, I don't know, but um, I wanted to start with somebody who's a bit of a pain, mm. <laughs> not the sort of person you'd expect to be on one of these adventures. Um, well, more like I think Gwendolyn came across as being the least experienced and most youthful early on, and th- mm. therefore had to learn the most about the world and how it works. I think compared yeah. to the other characters, I think that's why Gwendolyn and Enkidu are such good foils for each other because they are so different, mm. and they've I think they have begrudgingly learnt quite a lot from each other, which is I think probably why they have kind of changed the most out of the other characters mm. i feel yeah. like juna knows has known who she is for a long time mm-hmm. uh and but she i mean she does you know she does everyone's discovered things and stuff like that but there's definitely yeah. people who've been more solid in who they are as a person i still uh, there's still so much more i want to see from morin um oh but, yeah phew, mm-hmm. good luck on that and gaius <laughs> maybe one day we'll find out what subclass he is uh, the, <laughs> the anticipation never ends. Uh, <laughs> um, Actually, I mean, to be fair, he's gone from being quite like lying a lot to not lying as much. That's At true. Least to you guys, yeah. <laughs> to us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he finally has his thousand gold. He's finally yes! got the money. <laughs> Oh, uh, Grace, I have another question. This one's actually from me. I just realized it is from me, myself, and I. Uh, Have you or any of the cast ever considered multi-classing as part of this campaign? And if so, what class or subclass do you think might be appropriate for Gwendolyn? So I'm a bit scared to multi-class, but I do think I might like to do it in the future. And I think because I'm such a narrative-driven being um, that 
it would have to be one of the other parties' classes that she would multi-class in. So kind of because she's been with them and she's learning from them. So I feel like she would learn something from the others and then that would become more of her. That just kind of makes sense. So, so yeah, (laughs) bit of artificer maybe, although she has been surrounded by artificers her whole life and it, that didn't really go in. (laughs) Um, I think she doesn't think of herself particularly magically gifted, obviously. Um, but she, she likes to sing a little ditty. Mm. Um, and also, I mean, Enkidu's got some good fighting skills going on there as well. I, yeah. I, 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 he might have already multi-classed. I'm I think maybe. To the, there's Enkidu a, there's a nod coming yeah. from the chat. So, yeah, so, nod. And yeah. Enkidu has multi-classed. So yeah, so I think there's a bit of fighter in there. And I think potentially, you know, that appeals, I th- especially like with Kasula kind of being like, well, maybe the way of decorum isn't for you. Mm. It, I think it will make sense for Gwendolyn to multi-class at some point, but as to which class will be completely narrative-driven and may be completely unuseful to me as a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I could, I could, I was going to say actually, Enkidu would seems to be the one most likely. Uh, I was going to say to rub off on Gwendolyn, but then I thought about it and was like, eh, yeah. <laughs> he seems the most likely for Gwendolyn to take inspiration from just because of that martial aspect. Uh, and yeah. I could see, I could imagine a scenario where like Gwendolyn beca- becomes like, oh, I want to learn how to fight with weapons or augment, like you start using the unarmed strike stuff that they have for the fighter mm. now. Uh, mm. Or potentially I could see like in the event of, her needing to like save her friends, I could absolutely see Gwendolyn making some kind of dark bargain in exchange for powers, and especially Ooh. with with like c- considering how good Enkidu is at fighting and how much Gwendolyn prizes that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. and also like you know the opportunity to beat Enkidu at what he's good at. I think <laughs> yes, <is> absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving right along. We have a question from Pippa, who is in the Zoom call with us. Pippa, will you Woo! please, uh, will you please show up and hand deliver your question roll to the cast? What flavor is this one? Oh, it's got salt flakes on the top and Ooh. rosemary. It's a an artisanal roll. <laughs> That's a question for a whole other day, isn't it? <laughs> My question is What type of role are you? Sorry, Pippa. (laughs) My question is Congrats to you all, Abracalads, on making it halfway to five years of no small roles already. What were your expectations for this point when you first started the podcast? And what would you have liked to have happened by the five year mark? P.S. Will you ever try to return to Deromenate House for Pippa Lord <laughs> What are we thinking? Uh, should we should we roll initiative or uh, who's going to answer first? Let's go with baby David. Yeah, oh. I just did some talking. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Well, <laughs> what I'd like to happen by five years is <laughs> to have like rounded out and finished this campaign and be starting the next one. Not saying I'm not loving this one. I'm absolutely loving this one. This is amazing. But like when we first started, <laughs> I was like, okay, we'll do like a 15 episode story. <laughs> and then if that's going on, well, I'll, I'll, like, I've got plans to take it from there. Um, and then everyone was like, okay, yeah. So how much like 
like how long are we thinking and i was like oh i reckon we could run this for about five years so you know if i can if we can if we can get to five years then huzzah i, I did the whole story mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if unfortunately everybody dies off before then then slight problem and we might have to <laughs> I know that I I think I think I speak for all the fans when we would love to see at least five years uh, with these characters. Yeah, I think we're gonna get it. <laughs> uh, how about you, Gwen? Or, oh my goodness, Gwendolyn! I'm so sorry. <laughs> how about you, Grace? That is the problem when I choose characters that names begin with G. Um, yeah, I mean, I ever since I started listening to the Adventure Zone, I wanted to make a D and D podcast, and. I think so much of my thought at the start was about starting it and having this opportunity to play an epic game with my friends. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't think how long we might end up doing it. I kind of like I think cuz we started it during lockdown and everything was so unpredictable at the point. You just didn't know how long we'd be doing anything of anything. And so Yeah, I I've think, been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, well, let's do this thing because we've wanted to do my, Me and David had wanted to start this podcast for, yeah, for like, yeah, definitely at least a year, if not longer. This had been like our little like, oh, yeah, when we make our podcast sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it's actually happening, it's just like, it's amazing. I love that we have listeners that, you know, actually care about it as much as we do. It like, it it absolutely means the world to me. and. I love that I get to play with this amazing group of people and that we've got this intricate world and mm-hmm. I just want to keep playing mm. and I wish I could play more. I think I think what I would love is if in five years time, like we have worked out how to play on a more regular basis <laughs> or like to be able to go, do you know what? Like we've, we're going to block out a week and we're just going to play for a week together whilst we're off in between doing whatever other jobs we're doing. Mm. Um, but just to keep telling stories. Mm. I really love that. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I have one last question on that subject, which is for you, David, what do, if you were to be on, like, cause you were saying you would, you would hope that you would be about to be on to the next campaign. Do yeah. you think that you would want to set the the next campaign in the same world, or would you want to try out a different setting? Uh, yeah, same world. I'd say. I think. Okay. Maybe maybe a different area. Um, okay. I think it depends on how how this story shakes out. I think. Well, for, for a start, I mean, it's going to be really hard to say goodbye to any of these characters. So I feel mm-hmm. like I almost don't want to go too far from them. Like, if there's always the chance that, you know, old lady Gwendolyn can pop up. Like, <laughs> old lady I'm Gwendolyn, like... 31 years old, again. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Going by Grace's <laughs> measurements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think, like, yeah, the, the next story, the next campaign, probably same world, very different area, uh, very different problem. Mm. So sort of a critical role approach then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they like, yeah, they just like jump onto a different continent, right? Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, do much the same. I've been um, on our Patreon. I've been teasing like or, like my my basic notes for each of the other regions of the world. Um, so I'll find one in amongst all of those that that people respond to that I find a really cool story for, and then we'll mm-hmm. just we'll dive in. 
<laughs> and I'll actually oh, flesh really? them out properly instead of being a couple of paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving, moving right along to the more episode-focused questions. We got another one from Alice, Alice Corers or Corers. Uh, this one's for you, David. What? Was there anything in the basement of Chargalt Hall that the Abrica lads missed that you would have liked to have explored? And what happened to the other Archmay guy when it flooded? <laughs> Oh, good question. Um, there actually wasn't really anything else in the basement. Mm. I kept that purposefully fairly empty because I knew there was going to be a lot of like law drops. <laughs> Basically, every room that they went into, I was like, and there's going to be another law drop there. So yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing that I do kind of, they they clocked on like just this party, the very smart people, um, that the obelisks and with the bell jar in the middle was clearly going to do something. I just really wanted one of them to walk into that and and end up in a bell jar. <laughs> but I feel like they opened the door, went, "That looks bad." Nope, not doing that. <laughs> Closed the door nope. again. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> um, as for the flooding, I like to picture it that um, what was happening upstairs is that the arcanists knew that. <laughs> knew that there was an entrance, but were waiting on a sign-off from the higher-ups because, you know, you're in the boss's house. You don't just want to be barging through every door. So like, we know they're down there. But So there was a lot of, like, arcanists waiting at that point, knowing where to go, but not having any permission to go down there. Mm. Um, so then almost, like, as... <laughs> I like to picture it almost as, like, uh, Petra or spoilers from 72... Um, Chargel in Petra's body um, what? arrived. What? Is uh, that like, what at that, that was? Point, what? <laughs> I like to imagine it's at that point as as she's sort of like opened the hatch as it were that like just this burst of spray of water has like covered everybody and they've all had to evacuate. Yeah. I love the idea that the, that the water has just filled up that entire cavernous basement. Yeah. Yep. The whole lake is going to be drained. I'm hoping that it flows out all the way up through the top of the hall and like floods part of the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just yep. an empty lake. That's a question it's a question on like how it's a question on like uh, at what sea level was was that house like and that whole park? Mm. Like was that lower than than the lake nearby or Oh, that's a good point. Oh, I really yeah. hope Pip and Lord Crumpet are okay. <laughs> the horse is okay. The horse Please, is fine. David, don't kill any more I'm not going to be blamed for killing those horses. Uh, I have a question actually here for uh, for Grace. This one's for me. me. This one's a question from me. Uh, as an audience member, Grace, it felt like we had a huge amount of build up to the Chargalt Hall mission. What kind mm. of planning, if any, did the cast put in ahead of time? Did you all discuss what to do in various scenarios? Um. I don't think we did, did we? <laughs> I think we just, what we did on mic, that was, that was it. I think we might have just like clarified things and gone, okay, yeah, this is what we've decided we're doing. Okay, let's do this. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I think um, what you heard was what we did. <laughs> valid. It's a valid I way of going through it. going forward and as our resources build up and stuff, I think, it is probably about time we made a David Free uh, WhatsApp group, mm -hmm. and um, maybe no, no. yeah, Soz, because we can't <laughs> let you hear our plans. No, you know? it's very true. It's very get, fair. Yeah, as, as we get more powerful, there's more to think about and more that we can rely on from each other. So I, th I think going forward, yeah, but that was kind of our that was our first heist, like 
really that we like actually Sorry, there is a very vocal cat in this room with me. <laughs> it's being picked That's because the cat agrees with me. He the, he fully does. Yeah. Like it was a gr- it was the first heist you'd run, and it was great to listen to. And I think the I feel like the seat of the pants approach works, especially for this crew, because like yeah. you, the, the way that you all approach it is not like we're a highly trained group of operatives working as expediently as possible. Like it's not a SEAL Team Six scenario. It no. is. It's much more of like a Keystone Cops uh, kind yeah. of thing. Which well, is... we do have one person like that, which is Enkidu. <laughs> yes. Poor <laughs> Enkidu. Enkidu's like, yeah, I'm used to being with my crew and doing things. And like, we, we've we done really good. Like, we've broken into places and we've planned operations. And, and now I'm with this lot. But then, again, <laughs> he's just gone, you know, like he just went off and did something real dumb. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, we're meant to be doing a heist together. How do we feel about it? So I think that kind of added to the the prep time of yes. like, okay, how do we feel about it? We're still going to heist together? Okay, let's heist. <laughs> let's <laughs> go heist. heist. Uh, let's go heist. Here's another question from me, and this one is for Baby David. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby David, the level of detail that you put into every environment uh, is very impressive, especially coming from another DM. Uh, and oh, the Chargelt Hall heist was no different. In fact, it, it, it was, uh, I would say, a, a highlight of the campaign in terms of the level of detail and planning. What is your thought process when creating those kinds of in, uh, dungeon crawler-like environments? Because that really is, it was essentially a dungeon crawl yeah. taking place through a mansion. Uh, and what was your thought process when planning Chargelt Hall? Oh, I mean, the first thought uh, was panic uh, because it's always, oh, cool, I've set this this fun thing and now I've got to think up an entire mansion's worth of stuff, just in case. <laughs> and I love this party because they, they will go and explore everywhere if I haven't, pre- and if I haven't prepared something, especially they, they, see, they sniff it out. They know. They mm-hmm. know the empty spots. <laughs> <laughs> they can feel um, it. So, I mean, the first thing I did uh, was just search for large mansions and like found uh, a map which i still got somewhere um of this like three-story um ballroom style uh american mansion like it was also it's a real it was a real map it's a real map it's a real real map it's a real like yeah i found like the floor pattern for it and then like took the shape stripped out loads of rooms because i was like okay that's maybe too few too many rooms Mm -hmm. and then just started like dropping in ideas for each of each of the different spots um and trying to figure out where to hide things um and like try to like create an interesting route toward those things Mm. um and yeah just then once you kind of got like the plot points in a space then it's all just like set decoration and like trying to figure out how it would actually run as a as an actual livable space mm-hmm. um so then that's that's when i came up with things like oh okay you know the kitchens are downstairs and like the laundry rooms and um i was like yeah but it's very magical so of course the laundry is just going to be doing itself and the ki- the food is just going to be making itself so like that's when you get all of those like beauty in the beast style yeah things it's just like oh cool well that makes sense in this environment because that's why there's no servants around it's all just doing itself there's no need for for loads of people Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff really adds like a sense of uh like i i think what i wanted to highlight is like the fact that you actually looked into how a place like this would function because i feel like what Mm. happens in a lot of dungeon design is it's there's no thought to practicality 
Uh, it's just like, what are the cool rooms for them to go to? Yeah. Whereas I think adding like actual rooms, it's like, oh no, people live here and do stuff, uh, and yeah. and drive that home makes it feel uh, more alive and more real. I think. Yeah, it's. I think there's there's one thing to have. Um, like I say, like to have the plot point in the space mm-hmm. and like, you know, the MacGuffin that they need and all of that, like that's very important for narrative beats. But yeah, it, it does remove uh, a, a layer of realism, I suppose, if you don't include any any functional detail. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I find like that kind of set dressing and the functional detail really fun to go into. Yeah. Because that's when like a lot of the create like, uh, like, more detailed oriented creativity can come um and yeah that's when you could just like go searching and, and browsing pinterest and like going oh that's a really cool picture i wonder how that would work and like building up images of each of these spaces in your head mm. yeah i'm I'm right there with you i think you should totally release that floor plan that you found on patreon so folks can see yeah, yeah. where like where the the planning started from yeah i'm gonna drop that on right now actually mm. you're welcome patrons uh, <laughs> my next question, uh, is from Robin the Fairy Bard, and this is also for Baby David. Thank you, Robin, Ooh. for your question. How much of the more recent developments have been planned from the start of this campaign? It's true, because we have had some major revelations that go way back. Uh, they're thinking things like the Hair and Havoc reveal and the other Forlost Vale big lore drops. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Baby David, that's a lot. Yeah. That's impressive. It's... So Heron, yep, has always been a member of the Children of Havoc. Um that's why he approached the party in the first place. Cause he, he spotted something in them and went, Ooh, I could use that. That's Havoc, cool. us. Oh. You guys. So they could have no. learned this. Chaotic, could they what? have learned this early on? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Like if um, Juna had managed to read his mind. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if there'd been a little bit more probing, what I found really interesting about Her- Heron, especially in like that first meeting when they get to Vernock Rise, nobody really does any insight checks on him. Like, and this pie love an insight check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really do. And it's the number one check like, they make. I've never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly, <laughs> and and they just really didn't with Heron. It just it just gave me the freedom to <laughs> to just go cool. Yeah, you believe everything he says. Great. Wow. And to be fair, he's not lied to them. He's not lied. He has, you know, been truthful. He's just not told them everything about what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as for the um the other law drops, uh, like all of the the founders and stuff like that, um. All of the stuff beneath Chargel Hall. Uh, a lot of that was planned out. Like some of the details, like specifically that it was all under Chargel Hall, for instance. Mm-hmm. That was fairly new, uh, like and in the planning of it. But that Chargel was doing what she was doing in in the in the consortium. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's been there from the beginning. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, that actually ties in with my next question, which is uh, is from me for you, baby David. <laughs> what, or excuse me, was the plan always for the faceless footman to have ties to the Children of Havoc? No. <laughs> That's oh. one of the few things it wasn't. Um, so the faceless footman came about because I just really wanted, uh, like, so the party were journeying toward the Wingthrops. And I was like, I just want like a small couple episode situation for them to be in. So here's a here's like a town 
dealing with the problem. Um, and yeah, and then I thought, oh, shape changing serial killer. That'll that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, drop that in there. And then the more I thought about it, like after the fact, I was like, it makes so much sense for them to be connected to this other group. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, uh, only only after the fact did they become a, ch- uh, a member of the Children of Havoc. Oh, well, speaking as a fan, uh, thank you for making that connection because it it provided for some <laughs> amazing like <gasps> moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always it is it is nice to have like a, the occasional loose thread that's just there, ready to be tied into something a little bit more important. Uh, just for those juicy moments. Mm. Uh, I actually think that's how they wrote uh, the show Breaking Bad a lot of the time. Uh, for anybody who's a mm. fan of that, it, it often seems like they had everything planned out from the beginning. They only ever did that for season two of that show. Every other season, they mm. would deliberately write themselves into corners and then try and find anything that they could pull from past episodes of the show to then tie in with this. Uh, so it ended up creating so a world good. that felt planned out from the beginning. Uh, they did not have your level of planning. Baby David, uh, where they're just fully building in incredible complex backstories and and connections from the get-go. But, yeah. Um, I have one last question for you. This is from me uh, for for this section before we we jump to a question from somebody who isn't me. Uh, (laughs) Baby David, the heist seemed to walk a razor's edge throughout. Did you have any contingency plans for if the Abrica lads were captured, killed, or had succeeded wildly beyond expectations? And can you share any of those plans, avoiding spoilers where possible? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, for it going like incredibly wrong, I didn't really have a plan for that. Mm. So like they all get captured or they all, they all get, get killed captured or, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Like the thing with like, <laughs> even like a few episodes earlier where they'd all been arrested mm-hmm. because of, you know, guys, this wonderful summoning of a dragon in a, in a <laughs> governmental building. Like the reaction to that, that came from that was just pure off the cuff. Well, this is what would happen in that situation. Of course, you're in a, <laughs> mm-hmm. in a very magical based society. You do something big like that. The, the magical police are going to turn up. Of course. Um, so I imagine that's probably how I would have reacted if they'd done something disastrously wrong. Um, what was fun was the whole slug incident. Like, <laughs> obviously, that was not in my plans anywhere. <laughs> um, but if they'd let the faceless footman just be Petra and walk into the room, yeah, they would have gotten Petra to get the arcanist down the stairs and they would have opened the door that way. So there wouldn't have been the whole fight. There wouldn't have been that situation. Um, But because they did intervene Mm -hmm. and like try to like help the situation and like, (laughs) you know, get the faceless footman out, it meant that they almost had no way back out. Right. Yeah, I was so they, in the moment. I was thinking about like maybe we should just let this happen because if the faceless footman knows what they're doing, <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just uh, capitalize on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So yeah, if if they if they hadn't have have gotten involved, then they might have been able to sneak out of the mansion again after getting what they needed, right? Oh, instead of flooding uh, it, <laughs> instead of flooding it. But the Would, other thing wouldn't is, have been as fun. Wouldn't have been as fun. <laughs> Slugs and floods, yay! Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the party have also got uh, the Homeward door key. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a mansion full of doors, they kind of always had an an option. 
Um, and at that point, they didn't even know that uh, Heron was a children member of the Children of Havoc. So they would have been like, yeah, safe place. Off we go. Mm. Ooh, that would have been wild. That would have been a twist right there. Um, mm -hmm. I have next a question that I'm not going to read. It is once again going to be read by the incredible Pippa. Pippa, this is a question for you, Grace. Please uh, hop in, Pippa, and please deliver this, this beautiful question roll to Grace. Thank you, Jeremy. I will. <laughs> Uh, Grace, it always makes my week when a No Small Talk episode drops in my Patreon feed and I can compare all the cast theories to my own. What is your favourite wild theory right now? And are there any extra ones being discussed at the moment that you can share? And then there's a sneaky little extra thing for David. David, how often do you have to practice your poker face before recording those chats? <laughs> His face is great during those chats. <laughs> he doesn't have to Her do face. anything and instills fear and dread into us all. It's surprising how just not reacting is sometimes the worst reaction to give someone. It really is. <laughs> just like, but David, what do you? And he's just there, just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. It's like, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we've just recorded up to episode 79. So current uh, ones, I'm afraid I cannot share because major spoilers. Um, I am in the process of epi uh, editing A No Small Talk for episode 72. So uh, that will make its way to the old Patreon. Um, but like the first thing we discuss on that is that I had kind of guessed... Well, I think all of us is kind of guess, but like I'd, I'd sent to um, both Vicky and Ben that I thought that Petra was going to try and uh, I was about to say body him. That is not about <laughs> <laughs> to kill somebody. <laughs> She's going to body him. She's going to possess him. Um, so I was really like when that was happening, I was like, I actually got it right. Um, <laughs> but then of course I knew that you know we were writing Ben out for a little short period so yeah. um yeah it's had the wonderful joy of going on a three-month tour around the americas with dragons and mythical beasts so we were like okay well orin has to leave actually that was really difficult to record that last bit because mm. everybody knew what was coming and they were like we know this episode is coming to an end which means that orin is somehow leaving mm. but <laughs> how do we all like deal with that yeah yeah, like knowing the inevitable that you know the hit is coming, and so you're like anticipating it. But you're like, how do we uh, sell it and also like just accept that it's about to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird one to play, but we're all actors, so uh, yeah. <laughs> luckily it's within our arsenal. But it's it's also just sad because we're like, oh, our friend's not going to be here to play with us for a little while. I think that's what was playing into it. Really, is that mm. it was like we're kind of just saying goodbye to Ben for a little bit. Yeah, mm. I think at we... the same time, so it's like we don't want to say goodbye just yet. Please, thanks. yeah. Just can we just play a little bit longer, please, David? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably the wild theory I'm enjoying the most at the moment is that actually the children of Havoc are totally going to be, uh, like an important ally to us. Mm. even though at the moment we're like oh you lied to us we hate you and you're horrible but i feel like they're going to be important that's my my wild theory i subscribe knows. to that theory i join you in that theory mm. grace yeah yes i think they're gonna they're gonna be important yes um Ooh. i was totally just gonna ask a question oh yes well the question i was gonna ask was if if it's not too much of a spoiler how many episodes is ben planned to be away 
of the main Ooh. series. You don't have to say, but I figured I would ask. As a journalist, uh, <laughs> I'm compelled to ask. Well, as Grace has just said, we've recorded up to 79 um, at the very least, and Ben is still in America. <gasps> so we can say that, but when, yeah, when he winds his way back in, not mm. sure. That that really comes down to Ben's schedule. Um, he is coming back. This isn't like we've yeah, written yeah, Ben yeah. out. He's never coming. <laughs> he better. Be. You've hired a new actor. <laughs> to play better Orin. Be. We need him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Orin and Ben obviously will be back in. Um, yeah. It's just we. It is. It's really. It has been a really interesting dynamic without him. Mm. There's like kind of pre... been that kind of getting used to not having him about for a bit. And then adjusting, but then still being like, oh, but we miss him and there's these things and da da da. And then, yeah, then slowly getting into the groove of it. And then it's like, okay, what's it? And how much is he going to have changed? Like, Mm. what's going to have been going on with him? I really want to find that out when he gets back to us, at least. He's been reincarnated into a new form. Like, (laughs) he comes back, he's an orc. Uh... Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) He's died several times. He's a software yes, model. Yes, exactly. There's mm-hmm. like 30 or 40 episodes of like an entire campaign's worth recorded with just him. <laughs> oh um, my god, yes please. I have a question. This one is, again, from me. Uh, for Grace. Grace. For me. Do you ever think up specific plot points or events that you might like to see for Gwendolyn and like request them? Uh, I know that it's not like a super common thing in a lot of campaigns, but I have played with multiple players who like doing those kinds of things. For example, I had a player once who said, hey, uh, I would really like it if my character was given the opportunity to betray the party at some point. And they just sort of floated that towards me and I was like... Well, okay, and uh, then work that into the narrative. <laughs> Have you, as a player, ever considered doing something like that with with Baby David? And if so, what what requests maybe have you might maybe possibly have made? Have we done that, David? Have you done that? I mean, I it, I the the sneaky thing I have done behind the parties back was when I was um like I'm gonna send a sending to. I want Juno to send a sending to Dwayne. So that was a real surprise for the rest of the party when mm. we heard your voice on there, Jeremy. Yeah. I was like, Haha, sneaky, sneaky planning. <laughs> um, I mean, now you've put the idea in my head, Jeremy. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, oh, yeah. What can we, what more shit can we put Gwendolyn in? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's certainly definitely things like from my backstory. I would like Gwendolyn to meet her mum at some point. Mm. I think that would be yeah. nice for her to and and I really did want like um for her to like bump into members of family. I think bumping into Kazula was quite a surprise, but it was so like, oh yeah, I want to bump into Kazula. That's great. Mm. Uh but yeah, I think if there was anything that I really felt like would be really cool storytelling wise for Gwendolyn, I think I probably would ask David now that I've realised mm. it's a possibility. Oh really? I feel like you- Everybody is quite open about saying like, "Oh, I want to talk about this at some point mm. tonight." Or like, and, but it's less, it's it's less like plot points and more. <laughs> I've been thinking about this in character, mm-hmm. and I really need to get this off my chest, or I really need to talk to this person. So, like, yeah. can we just have a moment of that? You know, um, it's like the uh, like the the shopping list of of emotional things that everybody needs to work through exactly, at any given point. Yeah, like everybody's got one of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very often it's like, okay, I need to make sure I get to have a conversation with Enkidu at some point, or oh, me and Juna need to work through this, and mm-hmm. 
little little moments. I think actually, yeah, maybe more with other players. It's sometimes like, oh yeah, I'll or letting David know, like, oh, I'm gonna try. I'd like right. to try and get this like player. in advance of this session. I'd like yeah. to have a little bit of a scene with this person, and yeah, I'd like yeah. to address. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm that, gonna have a good half an hour chat with them. So if you don't mind, <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting nothing, you know. You don't have to talk. I'm letting for you know. You don't minutes. have to do anything for half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I'm letting you know. I'm gonna keep so casting unlike Scry, us. and I'd like you to play out these scenes. Uh, get ready. <laughs> Do you know what? Vicky is very good at letting me know what she's going to scry on ahead of time, though. Oh, that's like, nice. Props to her. Props to her. Is that a reveal? Well, no, because she is cast... Didn't she no, cast she scry in the most recent episode? 72. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, had to be leveled up at that point? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, you no, did. Right at the beginning of the episode, in fact. Yeah. Um, okay, I will allow it. Uh, I can't wait until we get to see whatever these requests that uh, Grace ends up making. And that's to the rest of you, uh, cast. <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and ask for specific plot points. Uh, I can't wait for Daryl to be like, I'd like for at least one of the other characters to end up inside of my head permanently. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's crowded Ben's turning around and being like, actually, I've decided I do want Orin to be the big bad evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next question oh is... God. Uh, is from Captain Jam, and this is for David. How many more opportunities are there for our lads, or have they completely sporked it? <laughs> sporked it. Um, <laughs> thank you, Captain Jam. That was a great question. Um, so they have, uh, they've got more opportunities. I would say the tournament isn't over just yet. Okay, uh, but but listen in. Yes. Listen in. Uh, Captain Jam also has another question for you, Grace. What is the craziest thing you do for a spoon? Oh, me personally, Grace Miller. Yes, you, I, I think you specifically. <laughs> what I do, the crazy thing I'd do for a spoon. I don't think I would, to be honest. I'd be like... A spoon competition. <laughs> I don't think I'd personally be as invested in it as Gwendolyn is. Um, you would have found another when... way to make the money. Yeah, I'd just be like, you know what? Like, I'll just see if I can get a different gig. It's fine. Like, it's not that special a spoon. Um, I don't know. I might enter a coloring competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> maybe you know makes i don't think that's crazy i don't know i'm not that wild um you know i'd i'd i know i'd create an entire cabaret drag burlesque act uh completely centered around spoons um i had that spoons, exact thought when i first read this question <laughs> really? I was like, yeah, you should do a spoon-based drag, like, because you know how people will like, hang, can they? It can hang spoons on their noses. Uh, yeah. Like, you should have one of those where it's just like spoons everywhere, and you just like you re you remove them over the course of the the performance. Oh wow, they're all just balanced. They're not glued on or anything. Yeah, no, it's actual oh, wow. just pure it's balance. Just yeah. Incredible balance. <laughs> Years of practice. Wow. To yeah, I'd have to probably get a lot of piercings for that. To oh, like wow, just yeah. help aid oh, the to routine. Them on. Yeah. Yeah. You end up spending mm. more money than you make uh at that I think point. So. <laughs> just for tea. I think I think Gwendolyn would like if if it was anything like um I think like really athletic or like any any sort of kind of physical challenge, I think that would be like she would push herself a lot further for that, just like just for the glory of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Gotta get that physical triumph in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a question now from Daryl. For you, Grace. Oh. If not for Dwayne coming into Gwendolyn's life, could you imagine her leaving home for a different sort of journey, assuming that she did not marry Colin in this scenario? Mm. I think so, yes. I think I think she was looking for a way out for adventure. I think she was quite stuck in that little town. And even though she loved people around her, I think she was just craving to just mm. go a bit further. And like, cause yeah. her father would be off always like going to like, you know, working on business and stuff. And she knows mm. her mother's off and she's got like quite a romantic view of her mother, this kind of like, um, highway woman out there mm -hmm. you know it's, it's all very romanticized and I think at some point she was just going to have to go off with what was in her imagination and be like yes I'm gonna go I want adventure in the great wide somewhere mm -hmm. that was her uh, <laughs> she turns into she's uh Belle confirmed for Belle uh, you heard yeah. it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, actually, she, I can see it she does have some strong Belle vibes there she does actually yeah, yeah. she likes yeah. reading you wouldn't yeah. think it from the way I play it. Sort of like Belle mixed with Mulan. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, that is yeah. a badass combo, and I'm so here for it. Yeah. Yes. Mulan's my favorite. Oh, yeah. Mulan's the best. She's my favorite best. Disney princess. Uh, She's just the best. I have a question now from Ross Meekle. Rhymes with Treacle. For Baby David. Uh, Baby David, if you could join Hello. your own campaign and become an Abraka lad as one of your NPCs, who would you choose and why? Ooh. Oh, that is a really good question. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting question. So basically yeah. a DMPC, if you were to stick in a DMPC, which which of the questions would you, or which of the, which of the questions, which of the characters would you pick and why? Uh. It'd have to be somebody who wasn't overpowered. I yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I can't really go, oh, yeah, I'd love to be Erida. Let mm -hmm. me just, um... oh, no, though, speak of, do you know who I would be? I'd, I'd really like to have more of Coggian, uh, yes. from the Wingthrop arc. You know, walking around in his slippers and in his bathrobe and that, tinkering yeah. and stuff. I know it slightly steps into Artificer Orin territory, um, so I'd have to build him very differently. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'd like I'd be Coggian. I feel like he'd be a pretty cool chap. Yeah. And also, he's got the fun thing of like he he doesn't really want to go on an adventure. So like, what would it like? What would have forced him to be like carried along with the Abraka lads? Mm. Mm -hmm. What is uh, Orin's uh, uh, artificer subclass? He is an artillerist. Is that what? Yeah, because he's got the little dragon. Is he? Oh is yeah, yeah, boy? yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because yeah. each of the each of the artificers. The nice thing about artificers is that each of the subclasses play drastically differently. Yeah, yeah, they very much. Like, Myra was um, an armorer, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, even her next to Orin, it didn't quite feel... It, they felt like they'd made stuff together, but they hadn't, like... They weren't stepping on each other's toes, actually, too much. Yeah. Um, I did make a cool little subclass called the Mechanist, which maybe fits Coggian, mm -hmm. um, which is very much Big Hero 6, loads of little small robots that can do things, uh, is, like, the theme and the vibe. It's up on the Patreon. Check it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And if you're not on the Patreon, go join the Patreon and then check it out. Uh, yeah, so it's like loads of small robots that you can either put into like 
uh like gundam style formation where they like form a like a mech suit around you oh, or cool. you could just have like loads of like small floaty things that mean you can cast like touch spells slightly further off through them yeah sort of like a flock um, of familiars but, like, yeah exactly so it's like which like formation you're putting these little robots into all right yeah it'd be cocky and i feel i feel like he'd be cool he's just he's a very chill vibe as mm. well yeah that's the one thing that the party doesn't really have is that kind of stoner vibe going on mm-hmm. i know Gwendolyn occasionally gets her frosting on but <laughs> and i think i think what you want in any any good dmpc is that they are helpful but do not try and tell the party what to do and I feel like he's oh, yeah. he would be like, yeah. Coggins never going to be in charge. Exactly. <laughs> he's here just to facilitate. And everybody's like, oh, I love having you here. And he's like, thanks. I love being here. Yeah, it's oh. all right. Here we go. <laughs> now I really want Coggins to join us. <laughs> Make it happen. There we go. Uh, thank you, Ross, for your question. Uh, stay tuned for when Coggins joins the party in an arc or two. <laughs> uh, our next question is from Robin the Fairy Bard. This one's for Grace. As a cabaret queen, what song from musical theater do you think would be best performed by each member of the party? I am uh, I am on board for this question. This is, this a, is question. a fantastic question. And yeah. I feel like this needs to be further explored like within the Discord. I think we need like a playlist for yes. each character. Yes. Um, but having seen this question earlier, I did, I did I have come up with some ideas. I've got two options for each character. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Guy, I think a kind of an obvious one is got to pick a pocket or two. Yes. Because, you know, he's, he's got his roguey little gotta pick a pocket ways. or two. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh my God, it would sound so good it in that works accent. works well. yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I want to see it. Yeah. Um, and then my second choice for him is got to get a gimmick from Gypsy. Oh, yeah. Because oh, he does have yeah. a gimmick. It's, his mask is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that I think he would totally lean into that because he's not quite got the um, skills in the music as, you know, he's they're growing, they're growing. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the more he can lean into gimmicky things, I think is is probably useful for Guy. So yes. those are my two for that. Um, then uh, talking about um, Enkidu uh, having um, the kind of more strategic like brain of the party, mm-hmm. I think I would have to go with, I mean, I don't know if it really counts as musical theatre, but let's get down to business from... Um, oh, yeah, then that's and... musical theatre. I feel yeah, like Disney is so. like, yeah. Disney, Disney is Disney musical theatre. Right? Yeah, Disney Renaissance yeah. absolutely is musical theatre. I mean, yeah, I, w- I want to, I want Daryl just to sing it as a little, we need to write a spoof parody yes. <laughs> for Enkidu to be singing, because I just think that would be great. Um, and maybe slightly rogue, but, uh, well, maybe not, if we're going with Disney. Um, if you've seen the musical version of Buffy, the musical episode. Oh, yes. sings- Once More With Feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, oh my God. Like, Yeah, one of the best it- episodes of that show. Absolutely. Yeah. I still like me and my sister used we had it recorded on VHS and we used to sing every little song. I had a book where I had pencil written down all of the words to the lyrics. I was obsessed. Mm. Um and I think uh, Enkidu could sing give me something to sing about because oh. you know Buffy's been brought back from the dead, Enkidu's mm-hmm. been brought back from the dead. There's that chip on the shoulder, but like still yeah. fighting on. I was just like yeah, that I, I feel think... like a, 
an epic. A lot of the songs in that suit Enkidu. Like, I've got mm. a theory. Mm-hmm. That is pure Enkidu as well. I've got a theory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It's just actually Enkidu the musical. We didn't I'm realize. I'm for the cast album now. Like, yeah. Patreon stretch goal, everybody. Patreon stretch oh. goal. Pa- yeah, parody musical theater songs. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> um, for Gwen, I've gone for not getting married today. That was from ex- I, 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 that was exactly what I thought. <laughs> like as we're sitting here, yes, <laughs> we compete one, with yeah. choreography where, like, whenever the opera singer pops out, Gwen's like punching her in the face, trying to get her to stop and stuff like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the opera Unless... singer is definitely her sister as well. <laughs> yeah, if, if she's yeah. punching her in the face for sure, and then uh, obnoxious Colin as well. Yes, oh, yeah, oh, it'll be God. fun. But then, like, from the way that she's grown, I'm going to, like, go for, like, um, I'm so much better than before from Legally Blonde the musical. Because, mm, yes. like, you know, she was doing it all for some guy. But actually, now she's just, you know, doing it for herself. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, feeling proud of herself. And, yeah, I think that's I think that's her sort of journey, the way it's going at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Orin, I'm not sure if these... Orin, I went for Where is Love from Oliver. <laughs> 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 because I mean, as soon as I just started thinking of Orin as the little, like little Oliver, I was just like, that kind of works, you know? Like, yeah, guy, guy is the He's artful cute. dodger, and well, actually, no, maybe Enkidu's the artful dodger to his uh, Oliver, <laughs> you know, showing him the world, and mm-hmm. yeah, I just like, you know, there's a sweetness, and also <laughs> I've gone for. I want to be where the people are from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Just because of that, Look I've got gadgets stuff. and gizmos aplenty. Isn't and that is me? the whole reason I've chosen that song. Yeah. Oh, I have I have one, actually, a suggestion. Uh, a, oh, yeah. a, we could do it, you could do it as a, as, as a duet, uh, no matter Ooh. what, from Beauty and the Beast, the musical version of Beauty and the Beast, because uh, that's Maurice and Belle's song. And you have, mm. uh, you could have a duet between uh, Oren and uh, Eliwick, right? His mentor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like there, you have the the old elder inventor and the younger uh, upstart adventurer person. Uh, yeah, could be a, a cute little. Oh, that's nice. cute little number. That's, yeah, that's that cute. fits. I like mm. that. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, for Juna, I've gone the rhythm of life from uh, Sweet Charity <laughs> as a cult leader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think if she could, like you know, just but like but unintentional almost, and just be like, oh, well, you you know, it's the rhythm of life. Uh, <laughs> the rhythm it's all of for the life balance. Is a powerful beat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, or just anything from hair. Oh yeah, yeah, the soundtrack of hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love to feel that. like brilliant. good hippie vibes for mm-hmm. Juna and just like yeah I, I really enjoyed coming up with the songs for the characters and I think um I want to write loads of parodies now yes but I th- I think <laughs> yeah. this is a discussion that should be continued in the discord and I yes think somebody who's good at making Spotify playlists let's let's make character playlists let's get on let's in. do that not yeah. me though but somebody else do it I'd like to throw out a suggestion for Enkidu, which is uh, confrontation from Jekyll and Hyde, uh, where uh, Jekyll and Hyde are arguing over who has control of the body and are like battling for supremacy. Uh, I feel like that could really be interesting for Enkidu. Could it be? 
Oh yeah, no, it's the same person. I was going to be like a duet with Alcibiades, but yeah, that, well, that is it's like in the work? in the musical, it's a duet between Jekyll and Hyde oh, being sung by the same actor, uh, and so yeah. he's jumping back and forth between personas, and uh, it's like Jekyll trying to stave off Hyde from gaining control of the form, and Hyde uh, mm. is just like I, the big climax is where he's like, "I live inside you forever." Uh, and it's like, ooh, yeah, that that could be really cool. Yeah. yeah. That'd there's a cool. there's a, nice a really suggestion. great recording of David Hasselhoff playing that character. <laughs> on it is wow. it is great for reasons, perhaps. It is. Other <laughs> <laughs> stunning, uh, stunning. There is actually a very good uh, recording of Anthony Warlow doing it. That it, like that dude has some poips. He got some mm-hmm. poip. I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna post that in the Discord. Uh, that yeah, Anthony Warlow tears that song up, and I'm gonna post the Hasselhoff version. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Don't hassle the Hoff. I have one last question from Mike C Mm. for both of you. Uh, If no small roles ever became a movie, who would you want to play your characters? I I I already know who I'd want to play Gwendolyn, and it's Vicky. Ooh, I think Vicky would be so good as Gwendolyn. And like she would be so badass with all the physical stuff as well. I, I mean, I, I I don't know if Mike meant like you know famous actors, but Vicky mm-hmm. will be one day. Um, but yeah, I just I just think Vicky would smash it. Yes, I was going to say Gwendolyn Christie yeah. also, like especially a younger Gwendolyn Ooh, Christie. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very Gwendolyn vibes. Uh, David, you got any ideas? Who would I cast in all of? The thing. <laughs> pick, 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 pick one movie. NPC who jumps out at you that you're like, perfect casting. That is a great question. If if Vicky is off playing Gwendolyn, I would like to submit Judy Dench for the role of Juna. Yes. Yeah, that would she'd be, be a brilliant fab. Juna. Yeah. I've got like I feel like Kasula um Penelope Cruz Ooh. is what I have in my head. Very um, cool. And then for Prim, I mean, I know we haven't met her yet, but Jam- uh, Jamil Jamil? Jamila oh, Jamil? Oh, Jamil Al-Jamil, yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. J- that is absolutely who I imagine when I think of Prim. That is who she is. Um, okay. For Clayne, I would like Brian Blessed to be involved. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would like yes. him to be Clayne. <laughs> um, and then almost as a foil, I'd like uh, Zeravir to be Indira Varma. Ooh. I really like Indira Varma. Yeah, Obama. she's a really I, good actress. I think she's a fantastic actress. Yeah. And she just, I think she just has that that extra bit of poise and her opposite, Brian Blessed. Yes. Like that, that'd be a fun little duo. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, th- this should also, I feel like, be a thread uh, in the in the Discord because this is, there's a lot of, I can think of like actors that I'm like, oh yeah, this, yeah, these people would be great for each role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it appears that we are reaching the end of our time here. So before we close out this round of questioning, uh, before we have finished our plate of uh, question rolls, uh, is there anything <laughs> that anyone would like to plug? Well, oh. uh, well, <laughs> sense and sensibility. Yes, uh, it's going to be running from the tenth of May to the tenth of June. We're traveling around the southwest of England. Um, come see me and Daryl on stage in a show together for the first time ever. We've never been on stage together before. Yeah, it's absolute madness. 
Uh, yes. So we're very. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm plugging that. Come see us. It's a short run. See us while you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jump on that. Go and see the magic oh. on stage. And David, why didn't you plug our new miniseries? Coming our new out? miniseries. I was just about. Should I? Should I? I don't even think we've told the title to anyone. I don't think we have. I've just been like yeah. a Fireheart four-parter. Yeah, exactly that. So, yeah, we are about to start. It'd be the next episode in your feed after this one. <gasps> uh, a horror-based miniseries called The Gruesome Adventures of Deacon Fireheart Buttons. Ooh. So we rejoin Deacon Fireheart Buttons uh, on his journey northwards to find the warrior. But things do not go that well. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so we've got a four-part uh, horror series coming out uh, this month, which is very exciting. I'm just putting the final touches on the music, uh, and it will be dropping on the Patreon feed very soon, and then onto our wider feed beyond that. Oh, so Straight exciting. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. It's going to be good. That's really cool. Um, Jeremy, we are honoured to have you question master us today. Mm, uh, we know Jeremy. you have all the busy, wonderful things with two podcasts on the go now. Uh, give us, give us some plugs for what all the different wonderful things you're doing at the moment. Yes. Um. So, uh, I okay. So, uh, the main things that I've been doing, uh, that are ongoing are uh, three Black Halflings, a podcast that I'm on. It's a TTRPG podcast. Uh, in fact, both. I and Jasper William Cartwright, who guested in the Dwayne Fabulosa miniseries. Uh, mm-hmm. We are both two of the hosts. We are two of the titular halflings. Uh, we do interviews. We do uh, DM and player tips. We talk about TTRPG news. In an upcoming episode, we talk about uh, Minecraft for a while. Uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> we also do actual play. I'm the resident GM for the show. And we have a current series that's coming out right now called Big Trouble in Little Manus that uses the uh, the kids on bike system, which is really, really fun. We have, uh, that cast includes uh, B. Dave Walters, includes Connie Chong, includes Margaret Crone. We also have uh, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bayer. Uh, it is a fantastic uh, cast. Sort of a Stranger Things vibe, uh, but yeah. set in Ohio mm-hmm. instead of Indiana. And uh, yeah, very fun time. Um, and I also have a show called The Quantum Reactor, which is a uh, sci-fi movie review podcast that I do with my buddy Andrew Coons. Uh, we just dropped an episode this week uh, where we inter- where we uh, rather review Looper. Uh, we have upcoming episodes of The Fifth Element. Uh, I think AI, artificial intelligence, is one that we haven't released yet. We've done episodes on The Terminator. Uh, we did Everything Everywhere All at Once. We've done Moon. We've done Sunshine. Uh, just uh, classics, classics after classic uh, in the chamber. And uh, yeah, go check that out. You can follow Three Black Halflings on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. At three, this is number three, Black Halflings. And you can check us out wherever pods are cast. Uh, and the, uh, the Quantum Reactor you can find on Twitter at Q Reactor Show uh, and also wherever pods are cast. So please go check out both of those shows. Uh, they're very fun. Yay. And uh, I don't, for anyone who's currently listening to this, uh, I'm about to be in a one shot in a day or two, uh, an April 1st one shot. Uh, I don't have a link to it, but I'm, I'm playing a character. It's going to be real fun. Uh, and I'm also going to be on RP Geeks D&D running. And I don't even know if this one's been really advertised yet, but I'm going to be guest GMing on RP Geeks, uh, and a fifth oh, element wow. themed sci-fi D&D one shot as well. So it's going to be bringing the- all your fantastic. worlds together there. Yes. Uh, it's the fifth element, but in <laughs> London instead of New York. So yeah, fun times. 
fun times. Uh, and then just all sorts of other stuff coming up. So stay tuned. Go follow me on Twitter uh, and you'll see announcements. You can follow me on Twitter at JeremyCobb1. It's Cobb with two Bs and the number one. And that's all the plugs I got. That's those are brilliant plugs. To be fair, I think plugs. a lot of our listeners probably have come to us f- because of you, Jeremy. Uh, uh, I think happy to funnel as many halflings we, uh, towards you as possible. <laughs> we love them. We love them so much, and we love yeah. you as well. So thank you so much for coming and sitting in the QM seat tonight. Yes, it's been a pleasure. What a comfy seat. Thank you for letting me <laughs> sit here for a bit. I, I hope I get to do it again sometime. Yes, please. We'd love to have you back. We'll always have you back, Jeremy. Oh, thank you. Uh, And thank you so much to everyone who submitted your questions. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the answers. And with that, I think there's nothing left to say, but Anon for now! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.